What's up, Lady Ballers? Welcome back. We're Soccer Props. And it's game time. Hey, um, real quick, we were just wondering where we can buy tickets to watch you play the beautiful piano and sing with beautiful voice. Honestly, we're so impressed. We're so I don't know what I'm doing. I just, I'm a frustrated musician and I said, F it. I'm just going to post whatever I want. No, <laughs> why not? Yeah. Impressive. Yeah. Is that <laughs> thank you? How long have you been playing? I actually started um last year when quarantine first started because I got to Portland literally the, the day I landed was the first day of quarantine for the team. Wow. And I was like, I've always wanted to play a musical instrument, so I was like, I need to do something. And yeah, <laughs> so it's been like a little over a year. Do you learn off YouTube or somewhere else? Oh, I wish I bought this like um online course. And it just gives me a guide because otherwise I, I tried the guitar on my own, but impossible. So I was like, okay, I need some sort of structure. <laughs> you're, you're learning the right way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We're so impressed. Are, do you play the drums too? <laughs> um, that was my first instrument, actually. How do you know? You just random question. I made a joke about drums on the last podcast, Carly. Yeah, and then oh, she was like, why. and then she we said, were, you're we going to get thing with your roommate. We didn't know you guys were roommates. And she said, my roommate's playing the piano. I said, it's better than drums. Oh, oh. I thought she said Wait, you, you guys, you guys play the stove too? Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, yes. Uh, the drum set was my first instrument, actually. But obviously, my parents were like, we're not buying you. Drums. <laughs> <laughs> And I that, said, okay. That's how our parents, I mean, like my mom, when I was playing the recorder, she was like, I love you, stop. You're not really going to that. The recorder? That. What instrument is that? Oh, it's the worst that, instrument. That annoying plastic thing that they give in elementary school because uh, there's like only three uh, holes on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. But now because of COVID, they're giving out ukuleles, actually. Are you kidding? Oh. Because uh, they don't want people, bre- they have to have the masks on. Wow. Way cooler than the recorder. Absolutely. Only <laughs> positive of COVID. <laughs> um, uh, we want to just like, we'll just get right into it. Um, congrats on winning the uh, Challenge Cup. That's so exciting. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really exciting too. That was a crazy game. What do uh, you, yeah, can you tell us about the game? Like, what, what do you think set you guys apart? Well, uh, the game, I think, especially. Yeah, just throughout the first half, too, we could have scored more than one goal. Uh, especially our goal came in super early, and it just got complicated. Then we we were tying 1-1, and um, it was I came in as a sub, and I was, like, full adrenaline. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> okay, what's going to happen? Then we went to PKs. We knew that there was not going to be extra time, but I think – I mean, that's what a final is, too. It doesn't matter what you've done before – how many goals you've scored, like, when it comes down to this one game, it's 11 v 11, and it's, like, it, anything can happen, literally. And it didn't mm-hmm. matter how many chances we had. It was – it could have been for anyone. And they had a big chance at the end, and I literally witnessed it. I was like, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we went to PKs, which were wild, too. Uh, but it was really nice to start off the year with, yeah, a win in the Challenge Cup, and just we wanted to win – everything as a team so it was a good start i feel like an underrated difficult thing is getting subbed into really intense games and like Mm -hmm. you're expected to just like work your way into the flow of like everyone that 
is kind of like all melded on the same level and you come in off the bench hot and you have way more speed in the tank than, you're, than you need. And uh, like, how do you get yourself into the flow of everyone else? Because of course you can watch and you're seeing the way everyone's playing, but physically getting thrown into it and expecting to just mix in with the rest of the team is a skill. It's, it's really hard. So how do you like adjust to that? It's an absolute skill. I honestly, that's what I'm, learning this year because I'm usually I'm honestly that's something that I've been having to work on myself because it's something that I never had to do and um it's so hard mentally not only during the game because yes you sort of come in and the game is at a certain speed I would argue at least for myself you're right you can get either go like you come a thousand miles per hour and you need to calm down or you actually need to get yourself a little because yeah. you're expected you're fresh right off the bench and you're expected to do more but it's different it's not like yeah you're fresh but at the same time you have been sort of sitting on the bench and then also warm up for five minutes if that because you get called just like that and it's like oh you got to be ready like go through the set pieces and then go in so it's definitely a skill and I feel like what I've had to learn is that, okay, if I come in for 30, 20 minutes, whatever, like you have to give it your all. And then during the week too, because you're not necessarily playing more than a certain amount of minutes, you have to do the extra work or else you're going to lose your fitness. At least for me, mm -hmm. that's like, I, I can lose fitness really quickly. So I need to do extra work and mentally that's tough. You know, I agree. That's an underrated skill and people don't, realize how hard it is and you got to be ready you're you have exp these ex like people have these expectations of you having to perform but like you haven't been in the flow of the game like yes obviously you're observing but sometimes your body doesn't do what your mind says mm -hmm. <laughs> do, <you> always <laughs> always yeah <laughs> what have you learned like do you have any like tricks or tips now like for that well i think it's really important at least for myself to observe the game but i also think like if if you come in the sub in the second half it depends on the game but i i've noticed that we start you know really strong especially at home our team starts really strong but the second half it's normally more chaotic because the the other team say they're losing and they start to overload because they got to come winning so chaos mm -hmm. it's more chaotic after the game and it depends for the final, for example, it was 1-1. It was like a lot of pressure and you had to, it's like decision-making too. It depends on the what the game is. If we're winning, then keep the ball, right? We don't have mm -hmm. to, if we're losing, then we got to go. Mm -hmm. If we have to manage the time, like it's a lot of decision-making, right? So I think that it's like, be ready. You got to be ready, but at the same time, don't have expectations because even the first half is going to be so different from the second half. So it's like, almost like read the game and like listen to what the coach wants you to do once you come in. And at the same time, be yourself. Like you, you can't try and be the person who you just saw, right? Like mm -hmm. maybe you're going to play her position, but like it's your style. So even that it's like, you know, like it's a lot in here mostly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's such good advice because I feel like getting subbed in, like there've been coaches that have been like, all right, like, we're subbing her out. She's been getting a ton of shots on goal. So I need you to get them mm -hmm. going and get a ton of shots on goal, just like she was. And it's like, I don't want to try and fill this person's shoes. I want to bring my own, what I bring to the game when I get subbed in. That's a really yeah, good point. It, 
when you like if you try to be someone you're not it's not gonna go well <laughs> it's just not gonna go well but it's a hard thing to do you know it takes you have to build your confidence to hopefully the coach knows you and supports you know the player and that's why they want you there right but it doesn't always happen so that's why I think confidence plays a huge role too especially you're coming off the bench you're not necessarily starting so like how do you do you let that defeat you in a way mentally or do you still know you're a quality player but you just have a different role and like for years like I always if I was started on the bench and I went on the field I always felt like okay I'm the second choice like I'm the second choice coming on here what the heck like my mentality was poor but when you really think about it you're a game changer if you're a bench player like they're putting you in to change up the game that's why you're going in so it's kind of like a huge compliment and Playing, playing to your strengths and getting on the field and like playing your absolute best. It's such a, it's a really cool mindset actually. And I think it's like something that players should start working on because mm. you play a huge role into coming onto the field. They want, your coach wants you to switch it up in the way that they want for you guys to, you know, get some goals in and score. So I, I love that. And it's so cool that you grew up in Costa Rica and then like it led you to all these amazing things, you know, playing, in college here and being on the Costa Rica national team. Can you tell us a little bit about like growing up playing and how it led you to where you are now? Yeah. Um, back in the day, <laughs> I'm not that old, but <laughs> when, uh, yeah, when I was playing in Costa Rica, it was, um, it was weird. I, I feel like I was born in a, for the generation of national team who qualified to, to three world cups for the first time, the U 17s and U 20s. And then the 2015 World Cup in Canada, I was in the team who did that, like, for the first time, right? Um, but at the same time, that means that we were, like, pioneers for, you know, for women's soccer at home. So we were breaking stereotypes and we were, like, proving ourselves that there was quality and there was talent and, like, people should invest in women's soccer. But also that meant that I had to – I lived through a lot of frustrations in regards to – opportunities and how people viewed women soccer at home and um that's when I like when I started to I, I knew at a young age what I wanted to do was play soccer play professionally play with a national team but I feel like I because of the setup at home I got to um I got to the national team at a really young age which was great because it, de- it kept developing me but really early I knew that I had uh, hit like the roof or the maximum where I could get in Costa Rica and I wanted more. So my dad, I don't know how he knew about uh, athletic scholarships here in the U.S., but he knew about it. And that's why that's when we knew that that was probably the best route for me. My parents always taught me that like it was really important to study. And so when we knew about uh, athletic scholarships here in the U.S., we were like, oh, my gosh, that's that's great. Like, let's take that. So I knew that from a very young age. Luckily, um, me and my brother went to this like a bilingual school, American school. That's where we both learned English. But we had a scholarship because my dad worked there. So it was like, um, if I wouldn't have known English, I wouldn't have been able to come to college. But um, yeah, so fast forward, when I was in high school, I was at the point where I was like, okay, I'm ready to go, but no one knows that I exist, <laughs> how it's going to work. And uh, the opportunity came through a uh, national team because that's 
your best bet when you, at least again back in the day like I feel like now um, it's more common for players to know and meet an agent or whatever but back then I was like I just didn't know how that would happen and your national team was the best bet because we would go to tournaments and play you know in other countries so that's how it came up like we were invited at the time I was in the U20s and uh, Penn State's head coach was coaching one of the ODP regions um, and that's how the connection happened it also, I was like really lucky that it happened to be a D1 school, a big school to Penn State. And that was all that I was waiting for because I was ready. I was like, I had, well, the best grades that I could get. I knew that grades were important. I knew good enough English and soccer wise. I knew that I had something to offer. But like, yeah, when coach saw me, she was like, oh, my gosh, like, how old are you? All that, all that stuff. Was um, Penn State the only like once you met with the coach was like, that's what that's where I'm going to go? Um, sort of like, I, I remember I had, um, I knew about two other schools and they sort of knew about me, but Penn State was always the one that showed most interest. Uh, me and my dad had no clue about schools or just rankings or anything. So we went and Googled Penn State. (laughs) That's how we all do it. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah, You look at the pictures like that. (laughs) My dad was like... Rocky, I think this is a big school. And I was like, yeah, right. It looks it looks good. It looks professional. <laughs> but honestly, I think in the bottom of my heart, I always knew that that was probably the school that I was going to go. But um, I was not going to say like, yes, immediately. I was like, well, we had a lot of questions because we just, I was going to come in by myself and I had never done that. It was another country, like, you know, insurance or whatever, like all these yeah. questions we had to go through. And there came a point where the coach was like, Rocky, like they have been super patient and nice, but you know how like um, recruiting here, it's like you have to recruit people and get them early enough or else. Yeah, they get scared. Um, So she was like, Rocky, like I need to provide players to my team. Like I need you to make a decision by whatever. So I was like, okay, fine. (laughs) Fine. I'll do it. (laughs) Okay, fine. I'll take it. That's so exciting, though. It sounds like uh, your dad was incredibly supportive of you growing up and, you know, wanting to to help assist you in whatever kind of goals and things you wanted to achieve. Uh, how was that like growing up, having a parent that really supported you? Did did you ever feel pressured or did you feel like he was just always there to help you and, and let you make your own decisions? Yeah, my dad was um, he was the one who introduced me to soccer. He used to play professional in Costa Rica he loved soccer soccer but also um he did not care that I was a girl you know in a society where that mattered so that was huge like he just saw a person who had a lot of talent and he was like oh my gosh like she could I feel like she has a future you know and that wasn't the case with my brother he was just not a soccer player and he was the man so usually that's you know super common but yeah he was super supportive he was the one who taught me how to play from four years until past 10 or 11. He was still involved, but he wasn't my coach anymore. I, I didn't join my first women's team until I was 11. So all those previous years, I would um, he would taught me soccer with a group of kids that he would teach, and I would play in my school or in my neighborhood. That was sort of like, honestly, that's what made me the player that I am. You know, like it was a lot of, pick up games in the, in the street or at school and, and breaks. 
Um, and he, he was really, he was really tough. Like he would always like push me, push me and push me to make me better and stuff. But he always says, you know, it's because I knew that I, I feel like you have a lot of, you had a future, but, um, at one point though, I had to, t when I was, this is when I was in college, I had to tell him like that. I respect like your opinion in soccer, but I think now I need a dad, not a coach. And that was like super shocking for him. But um, it, it came a point to where I, we needed to have a conversation. But had he not, if he wouldn't have been the way that he was, I wouldn't have been here, you know. So he was always tough on me, but also, yes, very protective, very um, supportive, very supportive. He was always present in my games, too. My mom, she uh, and at first she was a little more... Um, she was a little more scared because women, right. I was a woman and I was playing, but eventually she understood. Okay. Like, no, like she loves the she game that I have to support her. <laughs> I love that. Your dad must be so proud of you. Um, and the number one fan. <laughs> oh, I love it. And I feel like you brought up a really good point. And I feel like a lot of our players could benefit from that one sentence that you just yeah. said. And like to have the honesty to say, all right, dad or mom, I need you to be my coach today or dad or mom. I need you to be my, my parent mm -hmm. today and my support system today. And literally that one sentence could yeah. entirely fix arguments and frustrations. Yeah. Cause one day, one day you do want them yelling at you and pushing mm -hmm. you and telling you that you could do better. And other days you right. literally just want them to like, feel like that you feel like they have your back. I yeah. feel like this could be a new trend now for our listeners to like have that conversation with their parents. Yep. Like when they, when they get in the car after practice, like, all right, be my coach, give it to me. Or like yeah. right, be my right. dad and yeah. let me like <laughs> complain a little, <laughs> make me feel better. Yeah. Cause we, we've spoken to so many people and like, even um, like a psychologist who was like, there's all these parents are putting so much pressure on the kids and it can either like break them or make, make them, make them. It depends yeah. on what kind of personality you have, what, what you can handle. But your dad played such an amazing, amazing role for you when you were younger, especially because like you said, it was unheard of for women to even play. So like, you know, everything happens for a reason and it must be really cool to, to like thank him so much for getting you to where you are today, but then having enough, like, Hey, I got this. Like mm -hmm. I have the confidence to, you know, keep going. And, um, I, it's just amazing. And I love that you can communicate with that, that with your dad too. The communication yeah. piece is so it, it was hard at the time. You know, I was like, I knew I wanted to have a conversation and my mom, it was, she was the one who was like, actually like Rocky, just go. I was like, ah, oh, okay. And uh, there were some tears, you know, and stuff, but it, it was so important in our relationship because you're right. Like everyone is different, right? So to me, I was like that. It's not that I don't value your opinion as a coach. Obviously, I know how knowledgeable you are, but I need, like, my need right now is for you to be a dad. And like you guys said, and other times I'll, I'm the one asking like that. I like, what do you think? You know, I, yeah. now I want your soccer opinion, but that's, yeah, I feel like it, parents, it's really important that, uh, to be sensitive and the timing of comment mm -hmm. and like, just be there. Yeah. The it's, it's timing of comments. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like I think to my, about my mom, she didn't mean to say things, but like there were things where I was just like, are you seriously asking me that right <laughs> after I played terrible? Like, and it's a fun away. Like you have to remember you're playing because you're happy, you have fun and you love it. 
Right. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's a really important topic that people yeah. need to talk a lot more about. Yeah. How is it in Costa Rica now with um, with females playing? Has it changed a lot since you were younger? It has definitely has changed a lot. Um, I feel like now it's way more common, even encouraged, you know, mm-hmm. for, for women to play. Um, and, and the battle now is different. It's more like how do we make this league or tournament it's not a league it's amateurs right now but how do we professionalize it you know mm-hmm. um uh, it, it's been much better you know like i feel like now when i used to play it was an investment right like if your parents didn't have you can't compare it to the u.s like i feel like in the u.s if you, you need to really pay a bunch of money to play in clubs or yep. academies or whatever at home it's, it's not like that but you still when i used to play you still if like you needed to pay transportation and um, none of that, you would get money like stipend of any sort. At least now there is stipend. It depends on the player that you are. You do get some monetary aid, right? Mm-hmm. You can't, I, I don't want to say it's payment because it's not enough, obviously. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I feel like it's it's now different. The fight now is like, how do we professionalize it? You know, how do we get better resources and, uh, get it to actually grow and the thing for me is in the area in central central america we're still you know the leading country when it comes to women's soccer but i mean the caribbean and mexico which are Concacaf, it's such a hard area to compete against we have the number one <laughs> team in the world and then canada is also always top 10 top five uh, but the caribbean players a lot of them play either in europe or in the u.s so although their leagues aren't professional in their countries like these players are professionals so um i i wish that the growth at home would be exponential it would be quicker you know because last world cup we didn't qualify and yeah people at home also are like ignorant they don't actually follow women's soccer until the tournament Mm -hmm. and then when they see oh we only lost it's like oh you guys and you're now like they say you guys are asking to get paid, but you don't win. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. I, I feel like this was us yeah. years ago too, though. People only watched when when the World Cup would come around. Everyone was like, "There's a women's True. team, or there's a women's league," and it's <sighs> annoying that you have to win for them to even acknowledge that you guys exist or that you guys are amazing athletes. And so hopefully, like problem. players like you and females who are following your footsteps in Costa Rica, hopefully it starts to make a difference and they start acknowledging that. For sure, for sure. And it's like when you, it, I think uh, recently when uh, Pino and Mitch Purs went to the White House to talk mm-hmm. and there's this phrase that they, it was all over the social media and it was like, you can't expect a flower to flourish if you don't invest in it. And that's, we all know this, but obviously I feel like it's, um, when th- where there's no interest, it's a tough battle because you have to, it's almost like you have to, like Title IX, has to be a law it has to be forced otherwise people aren't necessarily going to do it because out of love you know they don't care they don't care you know that's what's up and it's the cycle of you don't invest so we don't perform so you don't care yeah and it's that never-ending cycle and somewhere Mm -hmm. the an interjection needs to be made yeah and it's it's unfortunate that a lot of times that interjection doesn't start at the investment part of that cycle it, it starts somewhere else in that cycle but it really all comes back to the initial what's yeah. poured into it is what mm-hmm. you will get out of it yeah did, did you feel like you made a little dent in that when you scored the first goal 
for Costa Rica? Uh, I felt um, that was amazing. Uh, I really, I felt that at the time, it felt like it was the start of a new era, hopefully. You know, I was like, all right, like, this is it. We made it to the World Cup and, you know, we didn't do as bad as people would expect us to do. Um, it was it was really uh, discouraging, though, because it was very emotional and moment momentary at, in Costa Rica. Mm. People were really supportive. Everyone was watching and people lived the World Cup with us. But one a couple of months after that we went it. back to the normal things mm. like, or how it was. So um, that's when it hit me. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is harder than I even think. I feel like the goal was really special for me personally because it it could have been anyone who scored that first goal. It happened to be me, but I also felt like I was representing so many other women who previously played that I also know. And, you know, they coached me at one time. It was like the the veteran, the veterans, you know, at the time were coaching me and I was able to score for all of them. Uh, mm -hmm. We wouldn't have been there if women before us wouldn't have fought, you know. And so I felt like at the time I was representing, obviously, my teammates, myself, but like women's history, women's soccer history in Costa Rica. And that's why it was really special. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, like the U.S. national team, like the 99ers, think about we've spoken to them before where they're like, we literally had nothing. Like we had nothing. No one watched us. And it was it seems like it was forever ago. But like that was what happened, what was happening to them also. So like I think Costa Rica is really like this is the beginning and it's going to take time. But I do think the more and more people support women's soccer, like globally, I really think that over time, you guys are going to get like all the support that you deserve in your country. And like, like we were saying, the investments, you can invest your time. It doesn't have to be money. Like if people just start watching you guys and start caring about, you know, that stuff. That's why like, we're so passionate about just exposing t times of games and like promoting player mm -hmm. stories, like getting people interested all over the world. It's just so important to have that exposure. So I, I see so much, like there's so much potential and it's going to take time and it sucks, but like it, there, there is light at the end of the tunnel right now because that's how it feels. It's like, you feel like you're yeah. like dragging along, you know, Yeah. but like now look at the U S national team compared to what, you know, Julie yeah. Howdy and all those people dealt with in the beginning too, you know, it's for wild. sure. For sure. I agree. Thank you for the encouragement. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have a question about, so you were a captain on your Penn State team, right? Yeah, my last year. Can, can you just talk about like what, what made you, do you think that you're a good captain and like what are good characteristics of, of being a leader on your team? Oh my gosh, I'm so happy you're asking that because <laughs> that was a whole topic in college for me. Um, I feel like my coaches and coaches in general, this was obviously my experience, but um, I've always been the kind of player, I'm not necessarily very vocal. Um, and I feel like the coaches wanted me to be more vocal because all they wanted to do was like, for me, they, they would keep saying, Rocky, you see things on the field that other players don't necessarily see. And we want to take advantage of that. Like we need you to lead more right and 
it, it was always really hard for me to do that because it was unnatural. That doesn't mean that I, I, I definitely got better in, I mean, communication is a skill that anyone can get better at. It just didn't happen naturally to me. And I remember my last year, it was three captains, right? Um, uh, me, Britt Eckerstrom and, and uh, Mal Weber. And uh, we all were really different, actually. I mean, normally a keeper has to be vocal, right? She was super vocal. Mal was also vocal. She was a, a forward. But I was the kind of player that it was hard for me. My leadership, I and this is something I didn't realize until later, um, in, in a conversation that I had with a teammate, because I was really bummed one day because I was like, I feel like I am not being a good leader and I'm in a, I'm a captain, but I don't know if I'm doing it right. I feel like I'm not doing what the coaches want me to do. So I was, it was really tough for me, but she told me something that I will never forget. And, and she said, Rocky, like whenever you step on the field or whenever you come to practice, I just want to be better because you're there. And I was like, wow <laughs> that is amazing but at the same time it's like obviously I think my leadership I feel like everyone is a leader because we all influence people um but the way that I influence people had always been in a non-obvious way or more in a quiet way more like the typical lead by example kind of thing mm -hmm. um and when she said that it, it meant the world to me because I didn't know how to explain it I didn't know how to define the kind of leader that I was. I just knew that I was important in a, or I have a certain role, um, but it's not always obvious. And that's when I feel like people tend to, you know, be like, oh, like, you know, Kobe Bryant is like the definition of leadership or this other athlete. And they are, right? But that doesn't mean that's the only way. Only. Yeah, exactly. I love that you brought that up because it is true because you can have a silent leader on the team who's really, you know, empathetic to her player, the players around her and makes people feel comfortable. And then you have another player who's really vocal and, and stands out, like is, you know, right. delegates tasks and is okay with that. Like everyone plays a different role and everyone can be a leader, like you said, in their own way. Right. And I feel like it was probably more beneficial that you and the other two mm -hmm. captains were not the same type of leader because mm -hmm. that never yeah. goes too I well. I was gonna say either. I was <laughs> gonna say that I feel like it was great. Like I, if I would have been vocal and pushing other people, it would have been maybe too much. I, I feel like we all balance each other, and um, making a group of leaders or captains is also great. It's a great idea. I feel like no one can do everything. Like mm -hmm. not uh, one person can't do everything you know yeah. <laughs> so it's a really important topic also that I think it's important to talk about too you know and yeah. I, I think it goes back to you saying in the beginning like don't try and be someone you're not if when when you were trying yeah. to be the type of leader that maybe your coaches were asking you to be and you're like this is disingenuous because this is not this is not me this is not how I lead and it it, it stressed you out the job mm -hmm. of trying to lead in a way that you weren't <laughs> that wasn't your inherent way of leading. So I, that just like, think of how, like the fact that you can look back right now and think of college soccer and be like, you remember how just being a captain and the moment that it stressed you out, that's crazy, right? Like why that shouldn't be an added stress that we put on ourselves by trying to, you know, be something we're not. So it's just really good to have confidence in the way that you lead or have confidence in the way that you play, even if it's not like this person's or like that person's, right. you know? And I feel like, um, at least in college, even in high school, it's, um, I mean, you go through these experiences and you, it's hard to know yourself when you're 
that young too. You know, you're only getting to realize what you like, what comes naturally to you, what doesn't. And I feel like that's why I value a lot college is because you go through really tough times, but you need to go through that to define yourself and like grow, know what you like, what you don't like. Um, The coach's job is just to develop you, I think in college. And uh, I think they were trying to do that and they did, you know, they did. I mean, they, they definitely pushed me to boundaries that otherwise I wouldn't have been the player that I am again. Right. But uh, I also through that, those things, like I realized, okay, I tried that. It didn't work. And now I know better what I can bring to the table. I love that. Definitely. Um, before we jump into the rapid fire, we just want to ask you, like, what is a piece of advice that you would give your younger self? Oh man. <laughs> um, I feel like I would, I get conflicted when I get asked this because like I just said, I feel like I'm thankful for the experiences that I went through and I handle it the best way that I could. Um, but if, if there was anything I would have told myself is, you know, to maybe stress less, I, w- I would have told myself, you're doing a good job. Are you doing oh, well? Like, you're doing enough. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I used to stress so much and and almost to the point where I would be looking forward so much that I wouldn't enjoy the present moment. Um, but at the same time, that's the best. I did the best that I could at the time. Now I know that because I learned from what I went through. But if I could see myself and hug myself, I would literally hug myself and be like, you're amazing and you're doing great. Like, good job. Just keep going. That's I it. I love it. Like the best advice ever. And like <laughs> every day you can sit there and be like, well, I'm going to be better tomorrow. I'm going to be so much better. I'm going to be better next week. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to play so much better. But at the same time, you're like, well, what about now? Like all the effort you're putting in every single day. Like it's like a nod to yourself that you're doing the best you can and you're working so hard. So that is amazing advice. Do you feel like you're more present now when you play? that you've kind of changed that mindset? I feel like, um, I feel like here in Portland, this is like my whole career. I had worked to be in a club like Portland, which to me is a club that likes to win and that it's so full of elite players. Right. And I'm playing with and against elite players every day. So um, now that I'm here, I told myself like, obviously get better, but like, enjoy this because I I know what it's (laughs) yes and I know what it's not to be in a place like here but I've I've worked so much for it and now that I'm here I need to enjoy it so Mm -hmm. I feel like all the process throughout my career got me to a point where I'm like literally mostly last year I would pinch myself and I was like oh my gosh like I'm here and it was not easy so make sure you enjoy it you know Mm -hmm. because the soccer career is short and you never know how long you're gonna. I'm gonna be here, so like, just enjoy it. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. All right, we're gonna finish with some um, rapid fires. You can take your time. Um, okay. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> as you can see, I can't give like black or white answers. Right? <laughs> Neither we can't ask black or white questions. <laughs> um, favorite pump up song. Oh gosh, any reggaeton song. Ooh, nice. do you have any like? recommended artists for that um daddy yankee is always gonna be a hit. oh yeah, that's a good one 
That yeah. reminds me of like sweet sixteens and stuff back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> what I can remember. Um, okay, favorite soccer memory. <sighs> She's like, that's oh my question. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to say um, national team World Cup first game. Pretty epic awesome. memory. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, the hardest thing that you've had to overcome, whether it be little or little or big. Okay. Um, my addiction to trail mix. <laughs> Have you overcome it, or is it still happening? Uh, you know what? I feel like I've overcome the addiction. I still eat it, but now in moderation. <laughs> Are you talking about like Costco? <laughs> Do you go to Costco get the big bag? The one with M and M's and raisins. Yeah. I know yep. many people don't like raisins, but I I love everything I, in that bag. We, we used <laughs> to hard. eat raisin bran in for preseason. Raisins were like totally up our alley. Okay, and you I know like the teammates. raisins with the other stuff, not just on a exactly. Yeah, I like I to put the peanut in the raisin. Yeah, and finish <laughs> off the with sandwich. the chocolate with the M and M. My teammates give me a hard time because they say no one likes raisins. So I'm so happy. <laughs> oh, we're team raisins. Team I think raisins. We're, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Send them. And if work. it's a golden raisin, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the best. You put that on an apple with peanut butter, golden raisins. Why not? Yep. A little cinnamon. I'm really mm. hungry. Oh it's not fair to I'm me. Yeah, we, could, we could go on food tangents. For we go on for, well, <laughs> actually, we're going to because the next question is your favorite post game meal. It could oh. be trail mix, but like, let's think. Me no, off. yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, I love food, but I feel like right now I'm obsessed with Thai food. Uh, let's call it Thai American food. Too. Nice. Love like pad thai, like all yeah, that. Yeah, pad thai, mm -hmm. drunken noodles. Like, yeah. Tom Kha is this soup. So oh, good. Yep. It's really good. Like. Delish. Yeah, Portland has really good food. Mm -hmm. And so does Costa Rica. We went to Costa Rica, the three of us went together for our work trip, and the food was. Delish. Really? You Delish. liked it? It's always yeah. like a hit or miss, I feel like. For we people. had like a lot of good fish, but our we were like with a group of um soccer players and they'd been there for a year, so they took us to like all their favorite spots. Yeah. The plantains yeah. so. awesome. were really good. Oh yeah. yeah. Plantains for <laughs> the days, what, the, what? the plantains. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Love them. They're very sweet. Mm -hmm. Um and the fruit. The fruit are really good. Yeah. Uh favorite player to train with. Oh, I feel like if I say a name, then there's going to be a couple of people who are going to be like, what the heck? <laughs> uh, but I want to say uh, Lindsay thing. Uh, but honestly, honestly, this group of people is really fun because they're all so good and competitive. And that's when you know it. Like, <laughs> guys, the interest scrimmages, it's like the hardest thing. It's really? literally like a that's death, awesome. a bloodbath. It's a death. It's a bloodbath. <laughs> out there like no one wants to lose but yeah if I would have to <laughs> that's why I'm you guys so good though. I was gonna yeah. say that is such a sign of a good team like if you don't want to kill each other when you're pinned up against each other yeah. then how are you gonna go and kill other people <laughs> how are you gonna get better <laughs> <laughs> yes but yeah Lindsay and Kling I would say nice um what teammate Max makes you laugh the most uh <sighs> Kelly and Kling <laughs> Uh, worst injury you've ever had? Um, I have a bulging disc, two actually, one's bigger than the other one on the last two, Ooh. L4 and L5. You last still, two. you currently are playing with that? 
Yeah, but oh. the good thing is like you can manage it. It's not mm -hmm. a hernia because it's not that big, but still a bulging disc. So it's yeah. a lot of maintenance. Mm -hmm. It's never gonna go away. Waking but up feeling like an old lady. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you get it. <laughs> okay, thing you're most proud of. Oh, interesting. Um I mean the first thing that comes to mind is I don't know why. For my heritage, I guess. I'm yeah, really proud of being a Costa Rican and a yeah, Hispanic woman. I love, I love it. Love that. <laughs> Favorite athlete, regardless of the sport. Oh, Messi. Yes. Messi. Messi's are reoccurring. We're getting yeah. a lot of Messi's yeah. recently. I mean, of course, but <laughs> right, right. It's just, yeah. yeah. Um if you didn't play soccer, what would you want to do for like a living? Like what career? Musician. Yes. Yeah, there we well, go. Let's say I would be really like successful musician. A nice. one woman band. I love turns it. Out, turns out you can do both though. You should do a if you could do a song about raisins, we're gonna post it. <laughs> yeah. Also, okay, send us a song and we'll do the intro to the song about raisins. I want I will want you guys to be in the video though, the official video. Yes, well, we, we should like in the music video. video. Hilarious. <laughs> we'll like have like a tub, a tub filled with raisins. Yeah, and be, like, tub of trail mix. <laughs> Slow motion. <laughs> we're not kidding. Like, let's and you're it. playing the piano, and we're just playing like maracas or like a, like a like a what are those called? Triangle. Triangle. None of us are musically talented. Wouldn't expect anything less of you guys. Perfect. Oh. All right, deal. When we're well, we might be in Portland in August, so maybe we'll see you then. Oh, great. We're, we're gonna be. Well, I think we're gonna be at the ICC, hopefully. So the ICC tournament. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm gonna bring my parents. Hopefully. That'd be awesome. Oh. That'll be really nice. Oh, right, great. Guys. All right. Well, hopefully us and your parents are sitting next to each other and we'll see you at the game. <laughs> yes. All right. Deal. I want to meet your dad now. Yeah. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. And also, I, so he doesn't speak a lot of English, but somehow he'll, he's, he's an entertainer. I feel like, so he'll do all this and somehow people understand him. Oh, so really? I would love to see you guys. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. This is great. Of course, guys. I also always love you guys' humor. It's amazing. Thank so, you. We try. <laughs> Ever since you weren't like that famous, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a gold mine. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> it was a matter it. of time. <laughs> we, we weren't winning, so we had to do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we right? had to start complaining. We had to start complaining. And yeah. So oh my God. Oh, that's great. <laughs> All right, Rocky. <laughs> well, good luck with your season, and we'll see you soon. Thank you, guys. Have a Bye. great day.